This is Authors Alcove, where writers learn from writers. Readers get the inside scoop, and everyone learns something. An episode comes out every Wednesday, where writers share their latest work. Every other Tuesday, where us writers get taught by such experts as editors, book cover artists, and marketing execs, and beyond. So grab a cup of coffee, and let's dive into our next book. Welcome to Authors Alcove. This is your host, Agnes Wolf. Today I have Carlos Rivera. He was nominated Bookstagram Awards best selling LGBTQ author category, and he was also had his book on the number four new releases on Amazon in the horror category. His most recent book, and actually it's your first full-length book, correct? That's correct. Um, yes. He wrote, is the author of the White Harbor series, and right now he has the first one out. Do you know how many is going to be in the series at this point, or do you not know? So It's a, it's a trilogy. Uh, the first book is called The Local Truth, uh, White Harbor, book one. Awesome. And I know that you had said that the prequel is inside the first book too it, it was sold separately if somebody has already purchased it but if they haven't they can read that when they read so they can get a little bit of the backstory exactly so carlos what was your inspiration to write in general not just horror not just this book but just as a writer so i i grew up in a very small town and uh you know kind of when you grow when you grow up in a very small town in a country like costa rica i'm costa rican it's a very conservative kind of environment. And when, when you're a gay kid, that kind of leads to kind of a lonely life. I had like my, my friends and everything, but uh, overall, I kind of kept to myself. So there was a lot of reading, watching TV, playing video games. And eventually I got to kind of writing short stories, uh, just these very short stories based on like the, the mythology of, of my country and, and uh, my town, just little stories that people said about, oh, did you know what happened under that bridge? Or did you know what happened in, in that house? Things like that. And those were the kind of things that inspired me. So if I can give you like a, a very quick example, so I'm pretty sure that everyone in Latin America knows the story of La Llorona. They even released a really, really bad movie recently, <laughs> uh, The Curse of La Llorona. And uh, every Latin American country has their version of La Llorona. And uh, in my town, I had these cousins that they swore that they saw La Llorona by the river near their house. So we always went to that place and they were like, oh, she was standing there and she was crying and calling for her children. So, you know, I, I guess all of those little things inspired me to become an author. As far as the White Harbor series, what was your inspiration behind this particular series? So again, it, it was pretty much my town. The house I, I grew up in right across the street, there was this uh, like a Masonic lodge and again, we're talking about a small town in Costa Rica, so most people there didn't know much about religions outside, like Catholicism. So they didn't understand what was happening in that house. So for them, there were witches in that house. And they made up all of these sort of stories and things like that. So that was the main inspiration. What happens when all of those little stories and gossip and, and secrets within a small town become an actual thing. What if everything you're talking about uh, regarding your neighbor or those things that you have in your closet hidden, what if all of that is building something up on, let's say, another side of the town? And uh, what if there's a group 
that actually wants to bring that to life. So that's kind of the, the topic behind White Harbor. So it's uh, a town in which ev the secrets, the stories, the gossip, everything is building up this other dimension, to put it that way. And there's this group, a cult, that wants to bring that into our world. Could you share the basic plot without sharing any spoilers for us? Sure. So the basic plot follows uh, Peter Lang. He's uh, he, he, he used to live in White Harbor. He grew up in White Harbor and uh, he was uh, estranged from his mother. He's uh, returning to town to visit her at the hospital. His mother has Alzheimer's. Um, that turns out his mother is actually the the leader of this cult that I'm talking about. And she has been waiting for him to return uh, because he's key in them performing this ritual of awakening their god. And uh, so the book itself has to do with the, the dark and tragic history of the town, uh, this ritual that they're trying to perform, and different people who have been in Peter's life, life uh, who... Each of them has a key role to play in either furthering or stopping this ritual from happening. I am definitely very intrigued by it, but I'm not sure I can handle horror. I love horror <laughs> and I hate it at the same time. It's like one of those things where I read every like, two years, I'll read a horror and then like I can't for like two years. So um, <laughs> did you know before writing it that it was going to be a series? No, because what happened was that when I was 20, so we're talking about 20 years ago, uh, I'm 40-something. I had written this very short story called Memories of Age, and it was literally just that. A uh, guy returns to his hometown to visit his mother. Mother is part of a cult. She needs him for a ritual. That was just a very short story. Uh, and then uh, during the pandemic, that's when I wanted to start taking that because the people that read it gave me amazing feedback. They particularly loved the ending, so I'm excited to get to it. As I was writing it and planning it and how it would look like to give this idea of a town and the people in the town and their different stories and all of that, it started growing. And that's when I said, you know what, uh, I think I have material here to to create a, a trilogy, a series. So I mapped everything out. And now we have uh, those three books that are coming up. I actually already finished book two. It's in the editing phases and it's scheduled to be released in early 2024, first quarter 2024. And I'm really excited about it. That's exciting. Did you have any themes in mind when you were writing your, your series? Yes. So the book itself has to do with themes of trauma in general. And how, for example, things like societal expectations, the, the expectations of your environment, or of your family, of your religion, even of your gender, all of those expectations, even since you're a kid, going back generations, how those can actually uh, translate to trauma and shape the person you are as an adult. So uh, in this, I, I do something kind of similar to what Stephen King does in It!, even though there's no evil clown. <laughs> but it's this idea of we look at the characters like when they were children, well, teenagers, and then uh, we look at them as they are now. And, and we see the people they became from there on, until now. And there's this thing of how trauma and expectations can shape our lives from, you know, when we were very young to who we are now. One of the things that I have heard as a convention of horror books was that bad things can happen to good people. How does your story portray that? The story itself in the book doesn't pull any punches as far as uh, 
as far as who's safe and who isn't. So I would guess I would portray it that way. Like I can even talk about like the main characters. This part of the, the general plot, it's not really a spoiler, but the reason why the main character was separated from his mom, he was separated from her by Child Protective Services, was because uh, she was uh, both physically and psychologically abusive of him. So he went out, he built his whole life so this is a cliche and even the 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 character acknowledges that in the book he even became a successful author then something happened that made him come back to the town something incredibly tragic and it's one of those things in which you say okay this person is a victim of abuse uh, as a child he he survived horrible things he created a life he happy now uh, and then just because of those things that are waiting for him in this town, it's like something is pulling him back there and he doesn't deserve something so horrible happening to him. So it's kind of one of those things. And then the fact that, you know, whenever you see somebody die in, in, in the book or the upcoming books, most of the time it's probably going to be somebody that doesn't deserve that. Not all cases, but most <laughs> I find it interesting that you chose to have a trope of the author being the main character because I feel like horror writers do that more than any other writers. That is true. <laughs> what does that say about horror writers, their main characters that usually go through the worst of the problems are the authors, their authors themselves? <laughs> That's a really good question, but uh, I think it has to do with the idea that Horror is uh, it's a very cathartic genre. So it's, it's very cathartic. It's something in which you pour all of your uh, past experiences, past traumas, all the things that scare you particularly, you put them on the page. There's this impulse of putting a lot of you on, you know, in, in, into your characters. So I guess from that, you get that thing of, oh, I'm a writer. I'm writing a, about things that are based on some of my experiences. So I'm going to make this character a writer too. But in the case of, of Peter, uh, my, my protagonist, part of the reason why he became a writer, that's why it's not gratuitous, is because because of his upbringing, he was with his mother. He was not allowed to read because of her mother's religion. It was like, you only read the books from our religion. That's all you read. Uh, everything else, those are lies. Those are people making up things. Those are lies. You should not read that because lies are, you know, something that God hates. So uh, you shouldn't be reading those things. So that kind of imbued this impulse in him to become a writer himself because that was one of the things that he couldn't do as a kid, uh, read uh, fiction and you know, write his own stories because they were considered lies. I think you already kind of hinted at this part, but another common convention is that there was some kind of sin or past mistake that kind of leads into a lot of this. Are you able to share if your character has one of those without any spoilers? So I, I wouldn't say that in, in the case of Peter, there's anything in which he himself committed a sin or a mistake more than what his mother imposed on him. But I can talk about one of the other characters. Uh, he's probably one of my, my favorites in the book. So this isn't really a spoiler, but this is a character that at school, he used to be the like the school bully. You know, he was this guy that wanted to show, you know, how strong, how powerful he was. And, and what what happens later is that we find out that this 
person is gay and he's in the closet and now as an adult he's married he has kids his big mistake was the fact that when he had the opportunity of you know just being himself he didn't take that opportunity so now we're seeing the aftermath of that and how that translates into his current predicament because horror is one of those where you really have to build suspense and keep people on the edge of their seats. How do you keep the suspense going and the reader on the edge of their seat, so to speak? So I, I guess probably the cruelest thing that a horror writer can do is give you hope. That's one of my next questions. <laughs> so that's probably one of the cruelest tricks because uh, like, for example, in the book I just finished, I got to a point in one particular scene in which I knew a character needed to die. It was part of the plot. It was something that needed to happen. But it, it just felt like I was making it too easy for the person that killed this character. You know, so I had to actually <laughs> sit down and I was like, yeah, there's no tension there. It's like I'm making this person too, too say, powerful, too untouchable. So then I thought, okay, how would this person, how would this character fight this person? And th then I wrote the scene of finding ways in which this person could actually find a way to survive. And they almost made it. You know, they, they almost made it. They were so close. And at the very last second, uh, they lose that opportunity of survival. So for me, that's, I, I guess that's the answer. To me, is a trick. Not just doing a, a straightforward death or a straightforward horrible event but making it seem as if the character can escape <laughs> that way the reader doesn't know if they are actually going to be able to escape because sometimes they do or if they're going to die and just that hope kind of makes it tense and suspenseful see that's why i have trouble reading horror because I have to, I love it so much and it's so great, but then it's just too much <laughs> because you give them hope and then it's dashed. Anyway, so how long did it take you to go from idea to publication? So it took me about a year to write the first book. Uh, the second book, thankfully, since I already got past the securities of the first one, because that's a big part of it. Like when you write your first book, you're very insecure. Uh, or you put on the page and you reread it, read it like a million times. It took me about a year uh, from the moment I started plotting it to the moment I said, okay, this is it, it's, it's done. So what was the hardest part of the writing process? When you're writing a series, there's this thing, uh, whether it's a trilogy or a longer series, there's this thing in which you sometimes want to resolve a character's arc all in one book. And, and it happened to me with a particular character that I wanted to do the whole story in one book because I felt it, it wanted people to know this character's story. And it doesn't really work like that because if you resolve that character's story, then they have no purpose. So the toughest part for me was kind of saying, okay, no, I need to cut this. I need to find a spot in which I can say, okay, this is a good stopping point for this character. I'm going to continue this in the next book up to this point and then I'm going to continue it on the third one that for me was the hardest part like otherwise each book would have been a thousand pages if I hadn't uh, found a way to bring that under control like it, it's the hardest part you want you want to tell people everything about your character but there there's not enough there aren't enough pages to do that 
Right. The writers, we always have all these backstories that nobody else knows except for us. So yeah. as far as the publishing part, were there any surprises or learning curves that you experienced as a result of the publishing process? Like you, d you did kind of a hybrid between self-publishing and traditional. You went through what company? Magic Horror Press. They're an indie press. So the thing is, the well, the first thing is that I, I got really lucky, first of all. Because I know a lot of people send, you know, a thousand queries and, you know, get rejected in a thousand and one. But in my case, I had, I think, one or two rejections the first time. And then on my third, uh, I went with Slash and Horror Press. Uh, I sent them the, the first, I think it was like 50 pages, something like that. And then like a week later, they were like, okay, send us the whole manuscript. And then they didn't just sign me for the first book. They signed me for the whole trilogy. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And, and then they said, hey, by the way, you know, this story you mentioned in book one, that would make a really great short story or a novella or something. Why don't you write that? And I was like, sure. So <laughs> I got really lucky. That that's That's one thing. And the other thing is, as far as the learning process is learning the economy of things. When you're releasing a physical book, uh, you need to keep cost in mind. And I know that that's horrible because every author says, no, I will write what I want and it's going to be as long as I want. And I just want to get my story on the page. But if you care about whether the book sells or not, that's going to be a thing, you know, because if the book ends up being a thousand pages, 800 pages, it's going to be far more expensive. It's going to sell less. So it's something to keep in mind, uh, trying to go against your instincts a little bit and just trim it down just a little bit so it's sellable. That for me was the big learning uh, during the process. I just really appreciate the informativeness of what you're sharing. Let's talk about horror as a genre. What do you think are the virtues of a scary story and why people keep coming back for more? So the, I kind of mentioned something related to that earlier, and it's that horror is very cathartic. So not everybody has the same traumas. Not everybody's scared of the same things. But for every horror story, there's going to be somebody that is actually scared of that same thing or is uh, has experienced something that's being evoked by that story. So it's very cathartic. I guess what people like about horror is that you get to experience traumatic things and kind of face those traumatic things that scare you, but within the safe space of a book. In my room, I have my book or I have my 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 Kindle and I'm reading about all these horrible things happening to people and they scare me or they remind me of things I went through, but uh, it's just in a book. Nothing can really hurt me. And that empowers you. When was the first time you were scared by a book? Mm, let's see. So I would say when I read uh, Scary Stories, Street in the Dark, like with the, uh, it's Scary Stories or Scary Tales? Now, yeah, Scary Stories to Read in the Dark, like with uh, the illustrations accompanied by the story. Like, I know they were children's stories, but if we're talking about me being like, what was I, like 11, 12, something like that, when I read them, uh, they, they just impacted me so much because they were children's stories, but they didn't talk down to you because you were a child. They were like, no, these things are supposed to be scary. They're for children, but they're scary. And if you're going to read them, you're going to be scared. 
So, uh, also, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I talk too much. <laughs> no, you don't. That's exactly what you're supposed to do on here. So we're about the same age. So R.L. Stein came out about when we would have been, you know, about 11, 12. Did you ever read the R.L. Stein books? And were they not scary enough or were they or did you like them? So I didn't read a lot of R.L. Stein, but what I read, I did find it scary, but more like thrilling. I guess not so much like scary, scary, but it, it's it's that sense of of the thrill of oh this is this is this is spooky. I like it. Um, I guess the the first time I was truly like truly truly scared, I would say is it's it would be with a Salem Slot by Stephen King. Uh, the time I read the scene of when uh, the guy is in his room listening to the the guys in the room next door, and you kind of hear like the scratches on the window, and uh, when the window opens, and then he starts hearing like slurping sounds, and he realizes that this is a child vampire feeding on the man next door. That for me was just far too terrifying. <laughs> what do you think defines a horror? book like the horror genre what defines it that's a very good question i i ultimately that's up to the to the author or, or the publisher i guess it's because there are books that you wouldn't consider to be horror books but that horrify you like for example if you talk about stepford wives i don't know if that's actually uh considered horror i guess it's more like a like dystopian but for me Stepford Wives is is horror. So it, it, I guess it just depends on the author and, and the person reading it. So you can't say Stephen King, but what horror author inspires you? That's an easy question to answer. It, his name is David Wong. Well, that that's his pen name. Uh, his real name is Jason Pargin. So he writes horror comedy books. So the thing is, you, you would read a book of his and you would be laughing at very... What I said, like immature, you know, quote unquote humor, but at the same time, you're horrified by the existential horror of it. So he, he finds balance between cosmic horror that, that makes you feel like you're insignificant in the universe and, you know, poo poo and pee pee jokes that just make you laugh like a, like a teenager. You know, it's, it's just, I don't know how he does it, but he's amazing at that. He has a series called the John Dies at the End series. So far, there are four books. So they're John Dies at the End. Uh, this book is full of spiders. Seriously, dude, don't touch it. Uh, there's What the Hell Did I Just Read? And then uh, if you're reading this book, you're in the wrong dimension. For me, the third one, What the Hell Did I Just Read, is just amazing. It's, it's a study of how people can be easily manipulated by what they see. It's like a horror invasion from another universe. But people see these things as children. So they defend them from the people who see them as what they truly are. And uh, it, it's, it's a really, really good book. Uh, I will have to check that one out as well. So this is a question. I want to first thank you for being part of my show. I really appreciate it. I feel like you have given us a lot of wisdom. So what, is, what a piece of advice you would give to a not yet published horror writer? I'll go with, with one of the of mistakes that I made. And uh, it's, first of all, just start writing. I know that that sounds very basic, but start writing. Your first draft is going to be crap. Don't feel bad. It is going to be crap. Every author's first draft is crap. Uh, 
then let it rest for a, a week or two and then go back to it. And the second piece of advice related to it is you already started your book, now finish it. Because uh, a lot of people start writing their book and they just go back, revise, continue, go back, revise, continue, go back, revise, continue. And then, you know, 20 years passed and you haven't completed your book. Just write it as you see it in your mind. Try to have a beginning and an end. Don't do the full revision of the book until you have reached the end. Because that way, you know, you have something that has a beginning and an end and all you need to do is fix it. That's really good advice. I've actually heard that exact same thing and I try to stay true to that. Anyway, again, I just want to thank you very much, Carlos, for being on here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for having me over. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Authors Alcove. We will be back next week on Wednesday where we will have a writer share yet another piece of work. Also, every other Tuesday, we do learn from experts such as editors, marketing execs, book cover artists, illustrators, and more. If you are interested in being a guest on our show, feel free to go to authorsalcove.com, go to the podcast tab, and then click on Be a Guest. If you're looking for a healed heart, hop on over to our sister podcast, Strength, Love, and Healing with Authors Alcove. You can find that on Spotify and the Apple Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great day.